0: You know what else is the the big big secret? What? I, MSG. Me.
1: Oh my god, really?
0: MSG in everything, bitch. Oh yeah.
1: I don't remember oh, yeah. like knowingly like like I've never like like is MSG like what does it look like? Is it like a powder? Like what is that?
0: It's like I would I was like I'm about to show you, but you wouldn't see my camera's not good enough. It's like it's like salt, but it's more like long and crystalline. Ooh, okay. Yeah, it's like, have you ever seen, like, Malden salt?
1: Yeah, I love Malden salt. That shit rules.
0: I love Malden. Put that on my cookies. I love Malden. Mm, exactly. Imagine that, but more, like, shards. Like, it looks like fiberglass almost.
1: Interesting. I mean, yes. I do like, yeah, I mean, when I, like, my favorite tortilla chips are Julio's. Yeah. Because of the way they're seasoned, and I didn't realize that literally the seasoning is just MSG. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's, it's, that's the fucking secret, baby. <laughs> yeah, MSG rules. Put in everything.
1: Yeah, Okay. Don't put it too up.
0: much, though, because it'll taste like metal. And
1: now came talk. Talk, talk. Welcome back, everybody. This is Straight People Movies. It's the podcast where we, two gays, we get together each week. We watch a movie that straight people love, and we... Ask Whoa, why, why, why?
0: I can. I did karaoke last night. And my vocal cords are oh, fried. Oh, yeah, they're, they're all fried. All fried. I sang um, "I'm Your Baby Tonight" by Whitney. Oh, one of my one of my go to karaoke's because it's like weirdly like. I mean,
1: like it's hard, but it's not that hard. You know, it's really exciting. You know, I feel like when it comes to like female vocalists, it's like okay. If you're going to sing a female vocalist with a male male voice and, you know, sorry, I'm gendering it, everyone, but you get mm. it with a deeper voice. When you have a deeper yeah. voice, it's a little hard for you to get, get those notes. Um, it's really exciting when you can sing
0: a mm-hmm. song
1: in the key. Like, you don't have to, like, go down an octave lower. Like, it's a very exciting moment as someone that only listens to music made by women. Yep. Sorry to all those <laughs> men out there. Um, and one of those songs that I discovered was Lana Del Rey's Mariner's Apartment Complex. Yes. I can sing that entire song, like, yes. perfectly. And it's great because I don't really have, like, a lot of more, like, ballad-type songs I sing. So, um, yeah. very exciting. Uh, song that is deceptively hard to sing, If It Makes You Happy by Sheryl Crow. That song is fucking hard. Interesting. Girl, that, if it makes
0: you happy. Yeah, that's a jump.
1: Woo, mama! And you ought to know by Alanis Morissette is also hard to sing. Oh yeah, no, that
0: song is incredibly
1: difficult. It's just crazy that like Alanis Morissette can simultaneously sound exasperated while singing that song, but at the same time, she makes it sound easy too to sing. She's
0: a she's a genius. That's why we that's why we stand. Yeah. But you know what is a fun Alanis Morissette song that is definitely in my range, at least to karaoke, what? is Not the Doctor.
1: Oh my god, I fucking... Not the Doctor, bitch, is like, <laughs> gotta be the like the underrated, like non-single mm-hmm. track of that album. Mm-hmm. I love uh, la- 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 that song. So good. That's so like good. one of the top three from the album for me. Incredible. Yeah. Pick up your copy of Jaggy Little Pill today. Yes. My copy of Jack Little Pill is worth... A lot now. Oh, I just got, like, a new reissue that just came out recently. I think probably along with the tour, so. Let's see. It was dollars
0: really I have the... I have an original, like, 95 pressing. Bitch! <gasps> from Germany that I sent 50 bucks on at Waterloo once. Wow. And it is... Let me find it. So, if I... The LP, yeah, released in 1995 in Germany. Currently going for $154 on Discogs. Nice.
1: Okay, bitch. Triple my I, I think the only album I bought cheap that is now expensive is actually my copy of Sheryl Crow's Tuesday Night Music Club that I got for RSD. Hell um yeah. is going for like about $150. Nice. The, my most expensive vinyl is my Aaliyah uh, self-titled original pressing, Ugh, um, but it was no. already like it was bought for like $200, so oh, yeah. it's like $250. It's like yeah. Cr- yeah. <laughs> my
0: Azalea Banks that I have, and I promise we'll get to the episode in like. 30 Sorry everyone. My banks. <laughs> I bought uh broke with expensive taste for a hundred a couple years ago. It's going for six fifty now. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> it's your nighttime, my time. Mm-hmm. And that shit's sealed too. I got it that wrapped in plastic and framed, Mama. It's behind it's like if if fucking climate activists came, they would not be able to touch it with their skin. <laughs> like it is protected. You said she mint.
1: She's staying mint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mama never gonna get a spin
0: that's gonna be a vm plus to the day i die bitch (laughs) oh my god Um, amazing yes
1: well let's yeah (laughs) my name is kirk van sickle
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm dylan Garcia.
1: And we're a music podcast now,
0: in case you didn't know. (laughs) Every week we threaten, and I feel like there's going to be one day where we snap. One
1: day, one day. Straight people music. Straight people music. We
0: don't have to change anything.
1: Yeah, we're still going to name the episodes after movies, but we'll never talk about the movies. We're slowly, (laughs) over time, going to only, like, it's going to be like five minutes, one minute, and then just no movie talk at all.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we, uh, we didn't watch A Clockwork Orange this week, but you know what we did do is we listened to the the new tortoise album. yes We're we'll gonna spend the
1: next forty five minutes talking about we it. We listened to Music Has the Right to Children by Boards of Canada. <laughs> um well, you know so- I love that we did
0: like a bunch of faggot music and then we both like were like, okay, how do we be cool now? Okay, Tortoise, okay, Boards of
1: Canada. Yeah, I know. Well when I think of like what straight guys like, I always like think electronic music from the late nineties. Yeah. Anyway, um, well, in, in, if you were enchanted by this conversation about um, post-rock bands, um, you're going to love our, our episode that we're doing on Enchanted. By Taylor Swift. By Taylor Swift. No, it's crazy. We're, we're doing Enchanted. Um, yeah. I feel like we all forgot about this movie. Did you forget about this Same. movie? Because I did. I
0: kind of did. I kind of uh, forgot about this movie. Yeah. And then watching it again, I was like, there's a reason.
1: Aw. I liked it.
0: <laughs> We'll get into it. Okay.
1: Well, I, I feel like I will say that like nobody asked for this sequel that's about to come out, but that's camp. for
0: real. Um Honestly, like, yeah, that's the gay recommendation this weekend is disenchanted. Like hocus <laughs> pocus not two
1: makes sense because um gays won't shut up about it ever. Um mm-hmm. You're not Sarah Jessica Parker, you're Kathy Nijibi bitch. And <laughs> and I feel like this one though, it's a little like, oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just revisit, Let's sequel, revisit Enchanted. Why not? Yeah. So we yeah. revisited Enchanted by not watching the sequel, but just rewatching the
0: original. <laughs> I was going to watch it today, but it's not out yet. And I was like, why isn't it out? And I was like, oh, that's why we're doing the episode. Well, I watched <laughs> the
1: trailer. And, uh, well, they just kind of invited everyone, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, everyone got an invitation to Disenchanted,
0: huh? <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, well, podcast, uh, the most famous movie podcaster in the world, Griffin Newman, he's in it.
1: Oh, I don't know who that is because I don't listen oh, to podcasts. Yeah, he's from uh,
0: Blank Check. He's one of the hosts of Blank Check, and he's also an actor. Wow. And,
1: uh, so he talks shit about movies and he gets cast in them? Wow. Oh, There is I hope mean, for us.
0: Well, their whole thing, Blank Check, I know you don't listen to podcasts, but like their their whole thing is that they will go through a director's filmography Ooh. that was like basically directors that hit it big early and were given like a a metaphorical blank blank check check to do whatever. So like, for example, they'll talk, they'll do like the Wachowskis filmography or like Sam. They just did a Sam Raimi series. They're doing Kubrick right now. And so they just go through and they're absolutely. What was Stanley's blank check? Was it Spartacus? Probably Spartacus. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. That's kind of fun. It's Mm. a fun, it's a fun pod. Yeah. Whenever I, I don't like actively listen to it, but whenever I like, it's a movie that I've seen recently ish or like, I like the movie or I don't have any podcasts that week. I'll listen to it. And it's, it's a fun time. Cute.
1: They have good guests,
0: but let's go ever going list
1: of podcast recommendations. I get that. I will not listen to (laughs) (laughs) besides ours. Yes. of
0: course. Uh, Let me give you all a little rundown of enchanted before we get into it. So in honor of the new Disney plus film disenchanted, is that the best sequel they can come up with? Like the name? Disney. I mean, I guess they're in their 40s now, so. I guess so. They're, they're, they're disenchanted. The magic's gone. Yeah. You know? uh, we watched Enchanted, the 2007 Kevin Lima film starring Amy Adams, Patrick Dempsey, James Marsden, Idina Mendel... It uh, said Mendel... Menzel. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Nadine Giselle, or whatever the fuck. <laughs> uh, Timothy's Ball, and the goddess Susan Sarandon. Uh, the plot of this movie is simple it's Elf, but it's not at Christmas time.
1: Oh my God.
0: Yeah, I read that oh my god. on god! Letterboxd and I was like, oh, fuck, he's right. Oh my it's, God. It's elf.
1: And I thought I was being so smart because I was like, wow, like there really is like a sub, sub, sub genre of like person from another world lands in New York. Um, uh, for real. Yeah. Like literally, I was like, George of the Jungle is like got that vibe. Jungle mm-hmm. to Jungle also has that vibe.
0: Um, They're usually from the jungle. Yeah. Uh. I think the Santa Claus is
1: set in Chicago, but interchangeable in the 90s. Yeah um but yeah it's like it's kind of a thing i feel like enchanted was the last big i'm from another world and i somehow landed in new york movies um yeah it really really was yeah Yeah.
0: wow 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 and it's currently available to stream on disney plus and yeah i mean
1: it was fine oh my god amy adams was really good i feel like i was enchanted by this movie i don't know if it's because i drank an entire bottle of wine last night and um,
0: (laughs) you're still just riding that wave. yeah i'm just
1: riding the red wine wave but um i was actually pleasantly surprised by how much i enjoyed this and i remember now why so many people enjoyed this like this was one of those movies kind of like a mean girls except mean girls is actually at staying power sorry enchanted but Mm -hmm. at the time it was kind of one of those movies i don't think anyone thought was gonna like amount to anything or is going to be kind yeah. of like it ended up being kind of a sleeper hit and, and, a, and, and a big hit and um i think it's fun i mean sure is it a disney-fied version of sending disney up yes it is yes. but it's still fun to see disney make fun of itself a little bit because they're so not like that typically
0: yeah and i think that's kind of like of my problem with it is, is that like, i feel like it doesn't like Commit all the way, like in anything. Like, I think the only person that like commits all the way is Amy. Yes. She's like so fucking good in that she's like fully understands the movie that she's in. But it's like, it's like not really a musical musical. Like it has musical stuff, but it's like it doesn't really commit to being a musical. Like it kind of forgets that it's a musical. That's true. Like the, it has like these Disney references, but they're not like, I feel like they're not like overt enough or like it doesn't feel like, I feel like it was trying to like, they're trying to make their own Shrek almost. Yes.
1: But that is a like, really good point. It is kind of like their own take on a Shrek, but much less crude.
0: Yeah, and it's much less crude, and it's, like, much less, like, I think they're just like, so afraid of, like, tarnishing the brand of Disney that they don't go, like, far enough
1: to where they could have. I will say that I think, like, just to, like, counter-argue with you here, because I agree with everything that you're saying, and I noticed that, too, but I think it balances all that out with how actually sincere the movie is, and it's kind mm. of a balancing act. But I think for the most part, they pull it off. It's a mix of sending Disney up and making fun of Disney, but it's still like the sincerity and the romance and everything that we love about Disney movies is still intact. And I think that's pretty, it's like a pretty challenging thing to do. And I do agree that Amy Adams carries this whole movie on her back Mm -hmm. and none of it would work without her performance in this movie. She's spectacularly good in it. She has no right to be this good in it. I remember that there was an Oscar campaign for her this year. Oh yeah, I feel like she was really close. Yeah, she's probably, like, like, sixth place, like, in the noms. For real. Like, so,
0: like, I got the Oscars pulled up now, of course, because let's we'll talk about the Oscars. So this is the year, 2007, one of the most famous film years of all time, mm-hmm. and one of the strongest Oscar years ever. So
1: it was Marion Cotillard. She won for I Leon mean, Rose. One of the only wins to ever be like, wow, like, that actually deserved to win. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, Kate Blanchett and Elizabeth, the Golden Age. I feel like that's come See, up recently. I feel like <laughs> that can go up. Yeah. I feel like that's the. I don't know what other ones you're going to say, but I. I already kind of know that that one's the one that needs to go.
0: For yeah. Amy. Um. Then Julie Christie from Away from Her. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen the film, but I heard she's great in it. So yeah. Same. Lorelini and the Savages, which oh, rules. What sick, a fucking...
1: Sick. I f- <laughs> did not remember that that happened. That is such an inspired nomination.
0: It's so good. The Savages is so good. If you haven't seen it, like, go fucking... I go mean, I watched it rules. a
1: million years ago. It's um, so
0: good. Um, and then Elliot Page for Juno. Yeah, great performance. Uh, great nomination, great performance. It's so
1: funny, because I think at the time, I probably was a little bit, like, Meh, about Elliot's nomination, because I felt like Juno was, at least for me, like, at the very, like, it really capitalized on the height of tweeness, and it like mm-hmm. the movie like really annoyed me when it came out because I was a little hamster who was like, "This mm-hmm. movie's stupid." But <laughs> I rewatched it in, as an adult, and Juno rules. Uh, it's Juno a great, rules it's incredible. a great movie, it's and so good. and again, another performance where the lead actor carries the movie. Like without Elliot Page's performance, like Juno really wouldn't work as well 100%. as it does. So it's so good, yeah,
0: so good. <clears throat> I I. I... I can't wait for the Pitchfork. Actually, I wonder if Pitchfork... Did they ever review in the... When
1: it came out, the Juno soundtrack? Well, that I know V8. that they hate the moldy peaches and Kimya Dawson, um, which is <laughs> I mean, bullshit, because I, lo- I love Kimya Dawson. I That's, like, kind of my, like... That's my dark-sided energy coming out, but, like, okay. I kind of live for Kimya. Like, I think that... <laughs> okay. I love her lyricism. you like, loose-lips do-sync ships. I... I love it. I think that there's, like, again, going back to sincerity, but there's, like, such a sincerity in uh, an incisive sincerity in Kimmy Dawson's lyrics. It's, like, hard for me to, like, hate. I can see why people don't like it, but I like yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Uh, but I think Amy would have fit right in, and she had just been nominated for Junebug the year before. And oh, And so I God. think Amy – yeah, take Kate my shout-out. She's fine. I just feel
1: like it kind of sucks because it's, like, in 2007, I guess it would have been, like – crazy to have like a performance like that nominated but then you think about like I mean Julie Andrews won for Mary Poppins in the 60s yeah so my mind I'm like it could have been a cool moment to like harken back like we're Mm. gonna nominate a performance like this again and I thought that would have been cool but
0: they didn't take the bait did they and she's Still to this day has yet to win an Oscar. Do you think she ever will win one?
1: Yes, but I think it's going to be one of those like annoying like Still Alice moments where she wins for yeah. something that's like subpar. I mean, yeah. I watched um Still Alice finally and Julian's great in it, but it's like a whatever movie and I feel yeah. like unfortunately that's probably what's going to happen with Amy. Which sucks cuz she's been in so many amazing movies just like just like Julian Moore. Like yeah. so many cool performances she could have won for. Um mm-hmm. Even The Fighter, like, honestly, like, I hated that movie. and I hate Melissa Leo's performance in it. <laughs> and between the two noms, like, I mean, just get, she's just give it to Amy. Just give it to Amy. Just give it to so Amy. She, Melissa, campaigned. She, she really, the game. really fucking did, didn't she?
0: You know who I think goes, I don't want to say, like, I'll, I'll say toe-to-toe maybe doesn't win, but is very, very good, and this is
1: James Marsden. James is great. James is, like, one of our, like great unsung actors, for I think. For
0: real. I feel when like, is it going to
1: happen when, for James? I feel bad. I feel like Chris Pine like stole his career. Mm-hmm. Like, as like the kind of like good looking guy who you think should be romantically, but actually he's like a supporting buffoon. Like, yeah. like, I feel like Chris like took that out of James Marson's hands. But I will say that whenever James like shows up in something, like I love him in like the Dead to Me show that Christina Applegates in. Um, oh, isn't that? Yeah, yeah, he is. It's a really fun show and um, I feel like he like, I'm glad he gets consistent work, but I don't know. Yeah. James is just one of those actors that I love that I'll probably never get like nommed for anything. Uh, But he's very funny. I think one
0: day someone cool is going to use him. And know. it'll it'll work out. Like it, I bet he'll show up in a cool supporting performance in some movie in ten years, and we'll all like recon like kind of Brendan Fraser in The Whale. Yeah, we'll all like recontextualize and like yeah. be like, oh fuck, James is always been. It's awesome. just tough
1: because like James has never had like he was never Brendan Fraser. Mm-hmm. That like Brendan Fraser was like a box office draw like star, you know, yeah. at, in his time, um, which is crazy to think about. Like his journey. Is, like, I mean, one of the saddest, um, but also, mm. like, just the craziest fall, like, I think. Because it's, like, he was, like, Tom Cruise big. Yeah. You know, back in, like, the mummy days. So. Yeah. But, yeah, James just never got to have his moment, you know? No, um, but he's, he's always, yeah, he's, like, he's always the romantic er, lead, like,
0: he's in 27 Dresses, or he's, like, in Hairspray. Oh, he's so good in Hairspray. Uh, and there's stuff, like, he's in the X-Men series, but he's, like, the... You know, fifth person in that. Yeah, he's in the box.
1: Yeah, well, maybe that's what did it. You know, was yep. the box? <laughs> um, I came Cameron Diaz acted again after the box. Also, she did that to the counselor and then stopped acting forever.
0: My network moment in life is if I'm ever given a a public, uh, I do I when we let me phrase that a big public way to speak. Cause I'm like I, I have a lot of ways of publicly speaking, but like ones that matter. Uh, if I'm ever like on a TV show. And I have like the nation's attention, I will scream at whichever producer has not released a soundtrack for the box. I know any form. Where is it?
1: What the fuck? I, need I, to, so I bear, want to rewatch so that good. movie because there's people on Letterboxd that swear that it's misunderstood. <laughs> and you know that I'm a Richard Kelly fanboy, so it's like maybe I need to give it another shot. Yeah. But but besides that, yes, James is great in it. Mm. Um, I gotta say that there is a casting choice in this that I think is just astoundingly weird. And it's Idina Menzel in a musical where she doesn't sing. For real. What the fuck?
0: You could have replaced (laughs) Idina Menzel with an upturned mop and it would have been the exact same. Like she's given nothing. Absolutely
1: nothing. I do will say that like. You know, where enchanted the whole start forming in its little world is that you, I feel like every character is pretty like three dimensional for like a Disney movie, which is one mm-hmm. of the charms of the movie. And I feel like they really dropped the ball with that character because yeah. it's just like, you know, I rewatched 10 Things I Hate About You last week for the first time mm-hmm. in years. And there's a character in 10 Things I Hate About You that's a similar thing. It's Julia Stiles' best friend in the movie who's like yes. obsessed with Shakespeare, even though she dresses like... The girl from Ghost World. Very confusing. And she just, like, falls in love with, like, the ner- nerdy guy because he, like, dresses up as Shakespeare. Anyway, the whole character is just, like, insane. And I'm, like, just, like, a little bit of depth would have been nice. Just a yeah, little. It's not bit-
0: because the rest of that movie is so, like, well thought out. I love Candidate Exactly.
1: It only doesn't work because everything else in 10 Things I Hate About You works so well. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's the same thing here where it's like, yeah, if everyone was like a stock character, then Idina Menzel, I wouldn't have minded, but it's like, it felt like a little, and you got someone like Idina Menzel there. So it's like, I know. and it's not like she, it's not like doing it like now
0: where she's like, I mean, Idina still sings. I mean, she did like frozen and stuff recently, but I think she's kind of like moving away and doing more like acting roles and less like things showing off her vocal stuff. But this is like, she's like literally on Broadway doing this is like, like a, wicked like, right era now. yeah like yeah, what like, give her a fucking song like. yeah it
1: was crazy so I think that that was weird um but I did think it was cute that like you know she's like this like New Yorker girl but like deep down she just wants to be like courted by a prince I thought that that yeah. was cute um they just could have like I don't know played with the character a little bit more I think um and then the other thing I hate to say um does Susan really eat as much as she could have in this no no it does she, she doesn't, doesn't.
0: She's relegated so much to being a voice. Like you could tell that she had maybe three days on set,
1: probably total. Yeah. I don't know. I was really excited to rewatch it. Cause I was kind of excited for like a hammy queer coded villainess performance by yeah. I mean Susan Sarandon. If anyone like is going to understand that it's going to be her. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It, you said something earlier about like, it doesn't, they reference old movies, but in a way that doesn't feel right. It's like, the poison apple and like the snow white references it just all feels kind of like neither here nor there it's like either make up like shrek like your whole new story and land and thing yeah or like make it like a total parody of snow white
0: exactly yeah it's weird that it's like it ends with like a cinderella reference yeah. like with the shoe like it yeah it doesn't feel like It 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 feels like a it feels like a trip to Disney World kind of. It does. It
1: does. And I will say this to you. I know that I liked it more than you, but I do think that like the first half of the movie is like great. And Mm. then I'd say in the second half is when everything starts kind of falling apart a little bit. I
0: think once once the it sucks once Susan shows up and like the plot. It's the the final third
1: that's not good. It's not great. It's not good. Um it's just way too I don't know. It just doesn't do anything that interesting. And yeah. um, yeah, and Amy Adams isn't given it's like elf, like it's like just let her be buddy, you know, like mm-hmm. which is what this yeah. is. you know, just let her that's all we want came here to see. Elf understands that. <laughs> elf understands yeah. just let Will Farrell do his thing, the whole movie, and that's all that matters.
0: Uh. Well I think it's interesting because this feels like this kind of is this turning point for Disney where I feel like Disney itself, like classical Disney Disney stuff, Kind of had a pivot in like the mid in the early mid two thousands to like more Pixar being like the face of the brand, yeah. And then Disney itself kind of became this sort of smaller entity. Like for example, like movies, like I'm looking at like the Disney Wiki, and it's like actual Disney movies are like Bolt and G Force and yeah. like these like an old dogs and, stuff, and like Princess and the Frog. These kind of like smaller ish movies, whereas like the actual big movies that get like cultural relevance are Wall-E and Toy Story 3 and Up and these movies that get, like, Oscar nominations. And so I think Enchanted is this, it feels, especially because, like, Disney so, like, it's so, like, obviously evil now, but it feels like this seed in order to create the Disney adult. I feel like Enchanted is what
1: oh begets the so Disney you, adult. So your argument here is that Enchanted bore Disney adults. Yes. That's why there's like so many of them in our age group because, I mean, we were 16 when this came out
0: exactly we were 16 this is a movie that like references and shows the history of disney in such a good light that by the time you have these people that see a movie like this and kind of see the the history of disney and by the time they're adults they have blossomed into this person that's like obsessed with adult obsessed with disney and I think this is the movie that caused it. <laughs> I could
1: see it. I mean, it is like, I mean, it's still a PG rated movie, but like, it's like definitely silly, but it's definitely like adult enough for an adult to enjoy. Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like as an adult, I enjoyed this movie. Like, I thought it was like very, I mean, I laughed out loud. You know, 10 more times I did during UHF during this. um, Yeah, same. Because Amy Adams is just, like, fucking so hilarious in it. Mm -hmm. Um, Just everything about her, like, face to her mannerisms to the way she delivered lines. It was just so brilliant. But, yeah, I could see it. I could see it because it's kind of like the movie is about the two worlds colliding, right? Like, that's what's kind of what's brilliant about the movie is it's, like, her, like, childlike naive sensibility of like being like a Disney princess meets the real world. But guess what wins in the end? Her sensibility. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: So it's, it's cool to be an adult. Who's like an obsessive princesses and shit. And yeah.
1: That's, yeah. I mean like, yeah. I mean, I, you know, and no T no shade. If this is what makes you happy, I have friends that I would probably consider a Disney adult. Um, but like going on your honeymoon to Disney World. Darkness. For example, darkness. <laughs> it's, um it's darkness. It is darkness. I think what makes it darkness for me is it's like Disney itself is like such a like corrupt, freaky, weird. Like I love Disney World too. Like don't get me wrong. Like I enjoy a yeah. theme park, but oh, and I like same. let the magic take me over while I'm oh, there. Same but you got to like keep that little part of yourself. That's like, this is all bullshit. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) This is just for them to make more money. Um, Yikes, you know? Yep. But yeah, Disney adults. I mean, really, you know, millennials are going to be remembered for a couple things, you know, Um, kale um, as a vegetable becoming (laughs) popular. Um, Disney adults, you know, Um, and you know, I I, pansexuality are probably the top three. (laughs) So there you have it. But yeah, Disney adults. It's a it's it's a it's a it's a sickness. Um and but I will say this a straight Disney adult camp, a gay Disney adult, sad.
0: So I want to talk about Disney princesses.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So she's not an official Giselle is not an official princess. Well, she's not a princess.
1: She doesn't marry she's not the a prince. Princess. So
0: Yeah. Uh so yeah, I guess Nancy technically is a princess. Yeah. How many princesses do, do you think you can name? Whew. Okay, um, Snow White, yeah, Cinderella, yeah, Aurora. Uh huh. You're in order too.
1: Oh, whoa, cool. Yeah. Um. Well, then this is where I fuck it up. Um. Disney yeah, princesses. Do they have to be animated?
0: Um. Or are they all? They are all animated. Okay. All the official ones are animated. Uh, Ariel.
1: Yes. Pocahontas. Yes. Is Alice in Wonderland a Disney princess? No. Okay. Uh, uh, I'll tell
0: you now that everything is past 1990.
1: Oh, wow. So, like, wow, it's like the originals, and then we didn't get any until Ariel?
0: Yeah, so it's Snow that's White, Cinderella, are the only ones pre, like, nineteen
1: ninety. Whoa, I or guess whatever. that's true. Okay, so I got yeah. Pocahontas. Uh, Mulan? Mulan, yes. Um. Oh, my gosh. Um, The one from The Princess and the Frog. I don't remember her name. Tiana. Tiana. Yes. Tiana. Um... Is the girl from Frozen one Elsa? No. Okay. Wow. Um, An honorary
0: Elsa and honor, honorary princesses, but they're not official princesses.
1: Mm, how many more do I need?
0: You need one, two, three, four, five. I'll give you a hint. All from the
1: 90s and 2000s?
0: Yes. You're missing a big one from the 90s. Oh, Belle. probably the biggest. Yeah, there you go.
1: Belle. Um... um
0: The remaining four are from the 2000s.
1: Ooh, this is going to be tough because I don't
0: feel like... One is a classical princess. Like, that is probably, I would say, more well-known for her story than the movie, if that makes sense.
1: Gotcha. Like, the The fairy tale is more important. Like, more well-known than the movie. Correct. Uh, Uh, Oh, Tangled, Rapunzel.
0: Rapunzel, that's the one. Okay. Um... Uh, One is a Pixar movie. Actually, one is a Pixar. What? And the other two are Disney's.
1: There's a Pixar Disney princess?
0: Yes. That's probably the one you're not going to get. You're not going to get the rest of them.
1: Uh, are these all, like, very new? Because, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What are they? Okay. So it's Merida from Brave. Oh, from yeah. Nah. I brave. saw that, but, I mean, the movie was so blah, so.
0: Yeah. Uh, Moana from Moana.
1: Oh, I liked Moana. I saw Moana. That
0: was cute. And then Raya from Raya and the Last Dragon.
1: That was a Disney movie?
0: Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, But, yeah, I think the disney princess is such a like underrated like If looking at it now like it is like a it 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 sucks that like they only chose to kind of not address but reference like basically like two princesses basically three like snow white cinderella and aurora where all the the classic ones yeah yeah whereas like the rest of them are so different from each other like there's so many like like like, the difference between, like, Pocahontas and Belle are so vast. Like, it's it's, it's interesting that they only chose, like, the most damsel one.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Ones. I mean, yeah, well, I guess that the movie wouldn't work if they chose, like, one of the more, like, brave, complicated ones, like Belle yeah. or Pocahontas. I mean, yeah. Um, they definitely were going for, like, the classical vibe, which I think works mm-hmm. in the movie – but yeah, now that I've realized that there's only three classic Disney princesses and none of their personalities are really, like, you can't really differentiate them from each other. No. Um, but maybe that's part of the humor of the movie. I don't know. But it is a little muddy. I will give you that. It's muddy. A little muddy. It's muddy. I, I, it's like, I'm not really quite sure what they're they're going for. Uh, I will
0: say that if this movie came out today, it would be so much more annoying than it is.
1: Yeah, well, I I will say this. It was hard not to notice the year it came out, 2007, right? Because it's the year before uh, a lot of things happened in our country. I feel like 2000, Mm -hmm. the mid to late, the mid to late 2000s before the 2008 financial crisis is such a weird time, I think. Because it's far away enough from 9-11 that I feel like we don't have that malaise as much anymore. Mm -hmm. The economy is doing like pretty okay. And I feel like Enchanted has this like vibe of like, yay like true love like come on guys it doesn't feel like i
0: think the difference between it and elf is where it's elf kind of does have this like very thin shadow of like new york is back kind of like there is like a post 9 11 new york kind of feeling kind of like lurking in the background of elf not really like
1: yeah. That much, I mean, you like, feel it. I mean, I Do feel like feel Elf is an attempt to bring some lightness and some yes. levity to New York again because we just mentioned it. There's a tradition of making magical, like fantasy movies in New York. Like, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, of all the cities in, in the United States, like, that's like where magic is going to happen, you know? Yeah. Because it's all about the contrast, I suppose, of yeah. the streets of New York. Yeah. New York, mm-hmm. you know? New York. And I feel like Enchanted is trying to. Like, I feel like Elf did it, and then Enchanted is also trying to do it. And it is interesting that that kind of died, at least as far as I know, with Enchanted. I don't really feel like we do. I mean, we talked about this in um, our—I think it was in our Elf episode that we talked about this, but they really don't make movies like this anymore, where it's like fantasy elements in the real world. I feel like we've really split the two at this point.
0: Yeah, there's actually a new movie coming out on Apple TV here soon. I don't feel like looking it up. It'll take me too long. But it's like with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell that kind of looks like... Oh, I saw
1: a billboard for that the other day.
0: Yeah, that looks like the kind of magic of Christmas again. What is it? Spirited. Spirited. There we go. Yeah, I feel like they're trying to relive that with that movie. And like Apple TV is trying to cash in on that. Because it's like the last... Yeah, what's the last Christmas movie? Elf. Tangerine.
1: Yeah, Elf. It is Elf. I think Elf is the last Christmas classic because I feel like the only Christmas movies I can think of that have come out since then have been like Christmas of the Cranks, which is like a sad attempt at being like a Planes, Trains, and Automobiles type movie. Yeah. Um, and then you've got like your bad like Robert Zemeckis' Christmas Carol that'll just never touch the Muppet one. Um, so like, what's the point? <laughs> There's no no more Christmas Carol movies because the Muppet Christmas Carol did it for real. Like.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think what... The, Elf was the last Christmas? That's fucking great. Yeah,
1: I really don't feel like there's been, like, a classic Christmas movie. I mean, maybe to some people. I don't know. Let us know, but I feel like that's the yeah. only one from the two, all of this century so far that I would consider, like, a Christmas classic.
0: Yeah. Oh, does Little Women count? No. Mm. No. I mean, like, it takes place during Christmas, but it's like, it doesn't feel like a Christmas movie. No. But I watch it every year. Spencer. Actually, it's... The, the answer is Spencer. Spencer! Um... <laughs> Uh why do you straight people like this movie? Um
1: Disney references. Disney Disney shit. Disney. People, Y'all love Disney. Disney. And here's the thing, I think we need to well, I guess, I guess we can dress in the gay section. I feel like this is one of those movies where people are going to be like, "Dylan and Kirk, what were you thinking?" Enchanted. But if you watch it, there's nothing there's barely anything gay about. Well, there is that one scene. There or, is that one scene. Are we getting to it? No, we're not. So let's talk about it. Let's talk there's about a gay it. joke in the movie.
0: There is a gay joke in the movie. People love... Uh, this is back when Gay Panic was allowed.
1: Uh-huh. And, and uh... And it's it's cr- it <laughs> a beautifully classically executed gay panic scene. Yeah. It,
0: honestly, it, of, of gay panic jokes, like, on a scale of, like, I don't know, one being fucking the end of uh, Some Like It Hot. Yeah. Uh, the best one of all time. The best one of all time. To, like, Friends, Joey and Chandler shit. This is probably, like, a three-
1: yeah, this one's not bad. I, I do yeah. think it was weird that it was in the movie, though, because I feel like everything about the movie, there's only maybe two innuendo scenes in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And one of them is the scene with the daughter where she's yes. like, they all want one thing. No, one tells me what it is.
0: Which, which also, joke.
1: like, didn't uh, – you liked it? I, feel I like love it that felt, joke. I
0: thought it was really funny. <laughs> I felt like
1: it was kind of like – it, but, again, it only worked because of, like, I mean it's just, like, totally blind sincerity mm-hmm. and naivety is just so funny. But uh yeah the gay joke was a little weird. I like don't really know why it was included. Um it was funny. Yeah. I mean I, I, I didn't think it was like bad, but it was just kind of like, oh okay, like yeah. You like, don't
0: have to
1: do this. Like way. all the other I just feel like all the other gags of him people opening the doors were more funny than that one. Mhm. Uh so Especially, Yeah,
0: because like the guy that okay, so like the scene they were talking about is like uh James Marsden is like going door to door and the he, he finds the apartment building that uh, Amy Adams is in, but is going door to door to, like, find her specifically. And he opens up a door, on like, you know, a guy that has, like, a mean cat and stuff like that. And then he opens up this guy that has, like, looks like a, a kind of low-grade leather daddy. Yeah, it
1: was weird. <laughs> it was like, what this man doesn't actually exist. Yeah,
0: he and he, like, looks, he, like, smiles at him, and is like, thought they were going to have a fun time. And then James Marsden's like, uh... And then, like, closes the door.
1: Yeah. I was like, man. It was weird. It was weird. I would watch it. Yeah. I mean, but I also couldn't help but to think that, like, a gay guy that looks like that probably wouldn't want to fuck James Marsden.
0: No, he, yeah.
1: (laughs) He's, like, not hairy (laughs) enough for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that that guy is me. Uh, Honestly, but if James Marsden showed up at my door looking for a princess, I'd be like, I'm right here.
1: Yeah. Oh, your princess fell inside a, a deep, deep well. Mm-hmm, you got to find it. i to mm-hmm. dig real deep in there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like, uh, yeah, straight people like this movie because um, they wanted to believe in happily ever after again in the real world. Yeah. And this did that. <laughs> it yeah. invented Disney
0: adults. It made Disney adults. Yeah, I think, like, having the sort of, like, positive Disney propaganda is straight. It's heterosexual. Yeah,
1: yeah. But, yeah, Yeah. gay Disney adults are truly – I think that's just a straight thing.
0: Yeah. I think we have a thing that – and it came up, like, during Shrek too. But I think we have this – there's a problem in that people have uh, interpreting the thesis of our podcast. Yes. Of a straight people movie. The number one thing that people think is that we think they mean – Think, people think that we're not gonna like it because of this. yes
1: that's movie. the biggest thing i have to tell people after mm-hmm. i pitch them the pod and they have a certain reaction to yeah the thesis mm-hmm. of it
0: and they're like like i had like i was talking about i can't remember what movie it was really recently and i was they're like oh did you shit on it like oh yeah you're gonna shit on like austin powers people thought i was gonna because i like, had letterboxd reviewed it and they thought i was gonna talk about it on the pod and which we should do one day absolutely um, but they are you going to shit on Austin Powers? I'm like, no, I love Austin Powers. Like, Austin Powers is fantastic. Like, why would I shit on it? It's fantastic. But I think the second thing is whenever we do movies from, like, like, specifically children's movies or, like, movies that, like, are people like whenever they're younger. I think people, especially queer people that get mad at us for talking about it, conflate because I liked it in my childhood. Make, it, it made me gay. <laughs> Yeah. Like, because something has a positive influence on you whenever you're a child, like, does not mean that it's gay. Like, and you ended up being gay. (laughs) Like, does not mean that the thing that was a positive influence on you is gay.
1: I think that the test, for me personally, on whether a movie that you watched as a child was gay or not, is if you felt a little wrong for liking it. Yes. Yes. So, for me, I felt, like, a little, like, a little, like, ooh, like... I don't know if I should like this or not. It's making me feel weird about, like, the Adams <laughs> family values, for example. Ex- spot on. Like, being obsessed with, like, Wednesday Addams in that movie, but also being, like, kind of repulsed by Wednesday Addams in that movie, <laughs> that, to me, is, like, gay content. It's mm-hmm. where you're, like, I relate to this character, but also, like, ooh, she's, like, doing, like, weird and things and saying weird things. And, I, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know, yeah. like, what I think about it, you know? I feel like Enchanted is too likable um to be gay Uh, i'm sorry like i I think that like you know we could get like you know academic about it but i do think that like there has to be like a queer coding in the movie that's like Mm. negative like for me um but it's like hard to explain it's like You need to, like, watch a movie and feel, like, repulsed and attracted at the same time to the characters Mm -hmm. or whatever it's going on. I think for it to be queer for me. There has to be that level, that, like, balance there. Um, And shit, it's too sweet. It's too sweet.
0: Yeah. And, like, the only thing that would be – make this movie queer is Susan Sarandon, but she's barely in it.
1: Yeah. And she's, like, phoning it in just a little bit. Just a little bit. She didn't even come back for the sequel, so –
0: that, look, she's got, she's too busy, you know, fighting the good fight. We love Susan.
1: <laughs> oh my God. But yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I I agree with you though. I I agree that I think that like Shrek was a really good one. I really didn't think that that one we were going to get clapped back for, but we did. Yeah. Um, it's... And I was confused because I'm like, yeah, I mean like Shrek's funny. Mm-hmm. Like don't get me wrong, but, but it's like
0: objectively straight.
1: It's so straight. It's like straighter than this. Like, Smash Mouth does the theme song. Like, it's not like... <laughs> it's, it, I do like... think that, like, the thing we've ran into, though, is that we are old, a little older. We are mm-hmm. millennials. And I think our experience as gay people is a lot different than, like, Zoomers is. I feel like Zoomers care a lot more about other things than we do. Like, I think gender being one of the more, like, things that they're focused on. Um yeah. So, I think that like I've noticed that like a lot of Zoomers like love like Slipknot and like Limp Biscuit and like Shrek. And I'm like, it's kind of interesting because I feel like they're more playing with the idea of like, well, what's masculine and what's feminine, you know? Mm -hmm. While we're like more concerned with like what's gay and what's straight, if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel that. And I, but I think like also like there's a, the internet is the great equalizer sort Mm -hmm. of thing. Whereas, like, so when we're watching these movies and kind of, like, our our mindset, like, we did grow up, like, on the internet, but, like, the internet wasn't the same internet as it is today. Like, the internet was, like, a a, a site that you visited. It like was, like, one like of, like, six S cool things
1: site. that you could do, and it was, like, lower on the list.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, like, like I playing
1: would, Nintendo 64 or, like, the GameCube was more fun than being on the internet exactly. when we were kids. Exactly.
0: And so, like, we still kind of existed in the continuum of culture, whereas, like, now that, like, the internet is, like, the main form of all communication with anyone ever, like, all culture exists at the same time. And so, time is much... What am I trying to say right now? You
1: sound like like you're about to start, like, doing, like, a knockoff Mark Fisher essay.
0: I feel like. (laughs) (laughs) But, like...
1: For example, like what would you
0: say? Like, is a trend right now? Is the trend like the '90s, or is the early 2000s, or See, is it the or is it Tumblr? It's like, really funny. everything exists at the same time now. Yeah,
1: it's funny because it's just like Mark Fisher said, <laughs> like it, everything is like folding in on itself that you can't mm-hmm. really tell what's what anymore. Like it's a Tumblrification of Tumblr, being obsessed with the '90s, being obsessed with the '60s, being up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like we're it's, like, to me, it's all just become, like, Americana. Like, yeah. like, I don't know how else to call it. It's, like, Lana Del Rey, like, to me, is, like, a great person to, like, look at as a figurehead to this movement. But it's, like, we've gotten to the point now where, like, it's such a mix mix 'em up Like, it's mm-hmm. basically a mix-em-up of anything pre-our modern technological society. Like, basically anything before cell phones is all, like...
0: Yeah, it's all the same thing. It's yeah, all the
1: same but... thing to everybody now, and there's no, like... So we say the 90s, but, like, you said, it's, like... But it's also the 2000s, but it's also, like, the 60s, but it's also, like, not real. Like, in the, you know... Mm-hmm. It's bizarre. Um, it's bizarre. It's weird. And, yeah, I would, like, say that, like... Like, yeah, like, you could even argue that Enchanted is, like, a proto-version of the kinds of media that we consume now. hmm Um... It's all just about harkening back to something else. Like, well, it's like
0: proto like Marvel shit where it's yeah. Like, I, I watched like Black Panther too recently, and and like in the middle of it, they set up like what clearly seems like going to be like a, a Disney Plus show, and it's like oh, then there's like references to other Marvel shit in there, and it's all like it's all Easter egg, it's all things to be discovered. Like a movie isn't a movie. It's a it's a it's the beginning of a conversation. Which you know, like all movies are, but like. It's, like, a conversation about itself.
1: You know what's really funny is, uh, you know what I just realized? What's that? That, like, Kingdom Hearts, the video game, Yeah. is kind of, like, an early precursor to all this. Because as a child, I remembered seeing the, like, trailer for the game and being, like, oh! <gasps> Oh, my God. Like, this is a game where, like, all of the Disney characters are all together. Like, and I thought that that was, like, the craziest, coolest thing on the planet. Yeah. And, you know, maybe I'm, like, feeling myself, like, my heart, like, melting a little bit. Like, my cold heart. Because I'm, like, you know, maybe it is cool. (sighs) Like, I don't think it's cool, but maybe it's cool. Like, kids probably see the trailers for all these, like, Marvel movies or see these movies, and they're just, like, so excited, like, that all these things that they like are all coming together in one thing. And it's just, like, there is something, I guess, fantastical about, like, everything can exist in the same universe together. And we're, like, making that all come true, not just in media, but, like, in reality. And it's kind of, like... We created
0: our own multiverse. Yeah. I think the thing with, like, Kingdom Hearts, though, is that, like, that kind of makes it different than, like kind of modern Disney-ish shit is that like Kingdom Hearts, like it's more a Final Fantasy game than it is a Disney game. Yeah. And so it has this like insane like logic behind it where it's like the the approach is Final Fantasy via Disney and or Disney via Final Fantasy. I mean, Mm. whereas like now it's Disney via Disney.
1: Yeah. I guess I see what you're saying. Like, it's funny. It's funny. I guess like when Kingdom Hearts came out, like I feel like Disney was maybe in like a weird spot or something because they were just yeah like...
0: like Lilo and Stitch was like the movies and like Emperor's New Groove like these like smaller movies were like their big thing and then like there's some Pixar stuff but it wasn't this like monolith that it is now it yeah is kind of in its flop era that I guess that's why they worked with like
1: Final Fantasy people yeah it's so fascinating so, but oh, I guess movie. like what we're discovering is happening culturally is this like ironically, unironically liking things, like, there's, like – I feel like there's, like – a it's, like, a new form of hipsterdom. But instead of, like, we all like the same, like, esoteric things, it's, like, oh, it's actually really cool for us to all like the same things. But they all have to be things that are, like – I don't know how to describe it. Do you get what I'm saying? It's, like, yeah. unironically – ironically liking mainstream things that are like considered bad by most standards.
0: Well, it's like people giving the same like cultural cachet to like, I don't want to say bad bunny cause he rules, but like as someone like bad bunny or Taylor or whatever gets the exact same like level of cultural criticism as like a low album or like a chat pile album or like we talk about those things in the same way that we talk about like high quote unquote higher art to the point where like the only thing that gets talked about now is like big pop stars and like the smaller shit gets ignored
1: but isn't that the way it used to be though I mean think about it like in the 70s and like the 80s it's like Led Zeppelin was like a big band like Pink Floyd was like a big band And that's, like, considered, like, great music. And then it's, like, then you got the underground, like, husker dos of the world or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Are are we just, like, going back to that? Have we just, like, folded in on ourselves and we're just repeating the same thing? Yeah,
0: I guess so. But I feel like there's no one talking about, like, there's no, like – there is no, like – I mean, like, Rolling Stone was big in the 70s. But there's no, like, smaller countercultural movement except for, like – I guess, like, Anthony Fantano, maybe.
1: I would argue that probably, like, yeah, like, something, someone like Anthony Fantano, as easy as it is to make fun of him, is probably, like, keeping, like, the John Peel like, kind of vibe alive. hmm You know? But even he, yeah. like, reviews big artists uh, in the same way that he would review a smaller one. It's very interesting. I mean, I am of the, like, thought process that, like, everything is worth judging on its own merit. Like... You're not going to judge, like, we're all going to the World's Fair the same way that you would judge, like, Captain Marvel. But it's, like – but you just – it's all about the execution, right? It's, like, are you Mm. executing what you're trying to do well? And I feel like – like, I like that our culture is going in that direction. But it's also at the same time, like, I agree that we're, like, losing the undergroundness of things. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. it's become uncool to, like, underground things. Um, Or people don't realize that there's a capitalist, like, slant to all this. So it's, like, Mm. when Pitchfork – takes away a slot to review like a smaller band in favor of reviewing the next Ariana Grande album, which they used to not do. Mm. Like, it's like that, like, it's like, it's cool that they're like, finally like celebrating artists like that. But at the same time, it's like at the expense for what?
0: Yeah. I do think pitchfork has gotten better at balancing it recently. I feel like if you look at their best new musics this year, it's been a lot of like real, like they, the best new music today is this like crazy hip hop mixtape. That's like would not that would have been delegated to like a, the fourth slot of the review page, in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's they've been finally they've been kind of balancing back out again after I'd say like 2015 to 2019. Was oh, kind it was of like a bad. darkness for Pitchfork. Uh, but yeah, I think it's it's they figured it out. I think puja has gotten that place under control she's been a good force
1: yeah it's funny because i feel like pitchfork they do this really weird thing where like i feel like they only started reviewing big pop artists because they realized that it was misogynistic because it's like you weren't reviewing them i think they they in their minds they're like oh we weren't reviewing them not because they were pop music but because they're women but at the same time like i feel like they ignore a lot of like great underground female artists Mm -hmm. or they like under review them in my opinion, like the ratings are bullshit, and yeah. I'm just like, so you're gonna give Casey Musgraves, for example, like an eight point eight, but then you give like a small artist like spelling like a seven point five, and it's like, yeah, so you're gonna celebrate people that are already on victory laps, but then mm-hmm. not celebrate people that are actually struggling and like a big break, like a best new music for me could be a big break, but also I don't even think a best new music in from Pitchfork anymore is a big break, no, like. Y- we, they could never create, like, an animal collective ever again.
0: No. We're beyond that. No, yeah. no. I think, like, the biggest success story that Pitchfork has kind of had recently, and I don't even know how big of an involvement Pitchfork had, was, like, Black Midi.
1: Yeah. I would agree. But even then, like, I feel like RYM, Core, and, like, Fantano and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. like, also has been, like, building up that scene of, like, British post-punk. Mm-hmm. Um, So even without Pitchfork's involvement, I still feel like they would have a certain level of clout. I don't really even, like, think – I think since maybe, like, the late 2000s, you really couldn't consider anything like a Pitchfork band anymore. No. Very no. fascinating. Anyway, I don't know how we got anyway, on this topic. But I do like don't Enchanted. <laughs> but Enchanted – no, but I, but I, I do kind of get how we got on this topic. I feel like Enchanted, in a weird way, is, like, this kind of, like, linchpin, like, in like, – like, you got Shrek, and then you get Enchanted, and then you mm-hmm. get to where we are now. And I feel like yeah. Enchanted – it's, like, this kind of, like, nice middle – Like, middle of it all. Yeah. It's
0: weird. It's weird looking back at it now, like, kind of how, especially because, like, at that point, Disney wasn't like the monolith that it is today. Like, I think the first Marvel movie premieres a year later, and it's not even a Disney movie. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's a, it's an interesting, uh, yeah. Look into the future.
1: Yeah. And it's weird. Like we were saying earlier, I mean, this movie is like a 97% Rotten Tomatoes. Like it was very well, it was like critically acclaimed. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I said, there was like an active, I remember like Oscar campaign for Amy Adams. Like Amy was definitely sixth place. Like I do feel like the two thousands for movies were a very like dark place. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. I love the two thousands because movies like recurring for dream, like could have like an audience, you know? Um, Like, people would go, like, big big actors were in, like, dark movies, you know, and, like, fucked up movies, and Saw and, like, Hostel were, like, making a shit ton of money, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you get enchanted in the middle of all that. And I think that that is why people really liked it at the time, but it also is, at the end of the day, just a little bit of sugar to go down with the pill, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Which is why it just really hasn't had staying power. So I am shocked by the sequel, I gotta say. I'll watch the sequel. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll put it on. Not yeah I the trailer didn't look very good i gotta say i mean i'll watch anything with maya in it i'll watch anything with amy in it i suppose mm. well i didn't see hillbilly elegy so i guess that's i did true. it
0: sucked yeah and that guy's a senator now um is there anything gay about this movie <laughs> i mean
1: i mean barely but barely but she's there susan yeah she's there susan's presence. her makeup yes oh gorgeous Gorgeous. I hate that she turned into a dragon. I just hated everything about her character. Yeah. I hate that she was essentially just maleficent. Yeah. And the, the old really, and the Snow White like one. Shit. Yeah, the dragon looked really bad. That whole Especially climax was just hard. bad. Yeah. Um. Yeah, she tries. I, I, I mean, she, kind of. She tries. Sort of. She tries. I think when
0: she's walking across the street and she's like stopping all the cars, that's a, that's a good strut moment. Um. Yeah, she doesn't really like. Serve.
1: She doesn't serve the way that she should have.
0: She should have. She had all the tools available for her to serve. Uh, yeah.
1: She not use them. That's how you know this movie's straight. They even mm-hmm. were able to restrain Susan.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, bitch. Could you imagine if Susan was at an eight in this movie, even?
1: Oh, it would have been amazing. Been, we wouldn't be talking about it. Yeah. It's just hard when you've got Amy Adams just eating her up, eating everyone up. hmm. Yeah. She's eight. It's funny because it's, like, I honestly feel, like, the role of Giselle is actually probably a pretty easy role to play. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if, like, Amy knew that. So she just really, like, got in there and just really, like, every single moment, mannerism, delivery is just, like, impeccable.
0: She is – let me click on this purple link that is – she's always been, like, had this kind of vibe to her of, like, kind of just precocious. Like, I'm thinking about her in Drop Dead Gorgeous, which I didn't realize was her – First movie, oh my god, she's so funny in that movie. She's so funny in it, and she, and even her in Catch, she's so good in Catch Me If You Can. But she's always had. I think it really tapped into like kind of her like bright eyed weird, like not bright eyed weariness. It doesn't make any sense, but like her bright bright eyed view of the world. And I think it's just it's perfect casting. It's the perfect movie for her perfect casting. In.
1: It is, and I appreciate yeah. Enchanted because I feel like without Enchanted, like Amy wouldn't have the career she has today. Like this is uh-huh. what put her. This is what made her like a bankable star. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I feel like, but what's cool is that then after that, like other than the Superman movies, she really just be just doing PTA movies and, and David O. Russell movies and just kind of like woman in the window and the woman in the window for whatever reason, but also kind (laughs) of camp that she did that. So
0: now we're here, our gay recommendation section where we recommend something a little gay than what we just watched. Uh, we've been in the process. I feel like we've recommended a lot of series recently and I'm going to add another one, but if you haven't seen unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt. It's That's- the same thing. A redhead literally comes out of the ground into the modern day world and moves to New York with her uh, fantastical roommate, and an old crone lives with her. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic.
1: No, it's perfect. That's a perfect recommendation.
0: Yeah, fucking wa- watch Unbreakable Kimmy It's so funny. There's a couple bad, a, a couple racist episodes. Uh, but you don't have to watch those. Those are very easily skippable.
1: I mean, Enchanted did have Timothy Spall uh, wearing uh, a, suge- a, a turban. A, a turban, yeah. <laughs> yes. Just, just say so, what it yes. was.
0: Uh, like uh, Enchanted, this movie is about – or Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is about 10% racist. <laughs> but yeah, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, fantastic. If you like 30 Rock, go watch it. It's the same people. It's great. Yeah, it's
1: really funny. I love it.
0: I love that show so much. I fucking – I've seen it far too many times. I've yeah, I get, so it's f- one of
1: those shows where it actually is funnier the more times you rewatch an episode. Like, it yeah. gets funnier.
0: Exactly. It's, but you still, you still haven't watched 30 Rock, have you? No. You got to watch it. A... I just think Tina Fey's annoying, so. Yeah, but she's. She, they make her awful in that show. It's so great. Yeah. Go Maybe. watch Unbreakable Kimi Schmidt. Go watch Disenchanted. That's it. Yeah. Anything there else you have about it. this movie?
1: Huh? More thoughts? Anything, um, thoughts? no, I think we pretty much. I mean, I guess we didn't bring, bring up Patrick Dempsey. He's very hot in it. He's really hot, and that's about it. Yep, he's very hot in it. Um, <laughs> let's just say there's a reason he
0: races cars now. Um,
1: he races cars Patrick. now.
0: Isn't that what he does? Isn't he like a? He's like a car racer person. That's that look. He he seems like the type. He's like own. Oh, he like owns like a. Yeah, he's like. He enjoys auto, auto racing in his spare time. He's competed in pro-am events such as... Ooh, he competed in uh, Le Mans. Ooh, ooh, fancy. Le Mans is the... Did you ever see Ford versus Ferrari? No. It's so sick. That would be so good. We should do it one day. <laughs> um, but uh, Le Mans is like a 24-hour race. And yeah, it's been yeah, going on cool. forever. Yeah, Ford versus Ferrari is so
1: good. <laughs> it's... I mean, it's, I saw the other day that it's in, like, Letterboxd's, like, top 250 movies, I think. And I was like, yeah, what? It's great.
0: It is, I mean, it's by the guy who did uh, Logan, what, James Mangold. Oh, yeah. Um, it's good. It's very good. I love that. You should watch. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Matt Damon, Christian Bale.
1: Yeah, you're really speaking my
0: language here. <laughs> Two and a half hour long movie about cars. Oh, yeah. Wow, I have a heart on now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my name is Dylan Garcia. You can find me on Twitter at Dylan Garcia. Forever, God, it's gonna be a soon where we're not gonna have that. We're gonna be like, you can find me on Mastodon. That's like the new Twitter.
1: Oh what? Oh, I don't know what's going on with any yeah. of that. I am wa- enjoying watching Twitter burn, though. I gotta me say, me too. It's so it's
0: much really fun. fun. Yeah, I wonder what the last tweet's gonna be. I know. I'm very excited. All right. But you can find me on Twitter at uh, Dylan Garcy You can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd at Garcide. And you can
1: find me on Instagram. Or my name is Kirk Vansickle, <laughs> Of course. And then uh, you can find me on Instagram at Kirk underscore Van Sickle And on Letterboxd and on Twitter at K-R-K-V-N-S-C-K-L-E. And you can also follow us at Straight People Movies, S-T-R-8, P-P-L Movies on Instagram. Just let's keep it at Instagram.
0: Yeah. Because uh, the uh,
1: Twitter that... is going to probably be gone by the time this episode comes out. So. hmm
0: Rest in peace, Twitter. I love you so much. You gave me my favorite tweet of all time, which is me and my friends saw E.T. We would have beat it to death with hammers. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will miss you for that. And I will miss y'all until next week. All Bye.
1: right. Bye, y'all.
0: Be- and now came talk.
1: Talk. Talk.